Good morning, church. How's everybody today? Good. It's so good to see you. Welcome to church. Welcome to North Star, a place where everybody's welcome. Nobody's perfect and anything is possible. Do you believe that? Say amen. Amen. We welcome those that are joining us online from wherever you are. And uh, hopefully it's you're not sick and you're on the beach somewhere. But uh, we welcome you, we welcome both of our campuses, both South Hill and Tupelo campus, and we're glad to be in the house today, say amen. 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 All right. We exist as a church, if you're new to North Star, this is who we are. We exist as a church so that those that are far from God will draw near to Him through the power of of Jesus Christ. When I said it's a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, anything's possible, it is the power of Jesus Christ that draws people to himself and changes hearts and lives. It is our vision at North Star to glorify God. We learned that last week as we have been uh, stepping through our core values. Our vision is to glorify God by making disciples of all nations, this nation, that nation, every nation. Just this past week, I spent some time fellowshipping with a dear pastor that is a pastor in Uganda. And we were, we were talking about how the gospel is penetrating uh, that nation. One day we're going to, Lord willing, we're going to go there and, and uh, minister alongside of them. And we're going to be going to the Philippines but in, the, in the next few months. But Uh, It's all nations, including this nation. So we want to glorify God uh, in everything that we do. A couple of things before I get started. This, I call this a listening guide because it has some pertinent information in it, like of important dates that are coming up, and then it has a place for sermon notes. And so let me encourage you each week to take one of these. Don't be a waiver offer. You know what that is? A waiver offer. Don't need it. I'm good. No, I'm good. I'm good. Don't, don't be a waiver offer. Get one of these so you'll know what's going on and, and uh, so you can take notes because I know some of you take notes. So be sure to get one of these. A couple of things that are coming up uh, that we're excited about next week is, is Mother's Day. Yeah. You can thank me later, sir. Uh, you've almost forgot it. Next week is Mother's Day. I want to encourage churchwide to... Invite your mom, if she's here or uh, nearby, uh, invite your mom to come and worship with us. I know some of you have, have lost your moms, but uh, invite another mom. Invite someone to come to church with you. We're going to have the photo op uh, so you can take pictures and all kind of stuff. So we want you to be here next week, all right? That's Mother's Day weekend. Also, Coming up uh, just in a couple or three weeks is uh, our Fellowship in the Park. Fellowship in the Park. We're having it at Ballard Park on the museum side. We've got food trucks. Man, it's going to be nice. It's going to be fun. So you don't want to miss that weekend. That's the 27th. And uh, we've got it lined up. It's fun and games. And if you just want to hang out, you don't have to play the games. It's kind of come and go kind of thing, but uh, great, fantastic food trucks, trust me, because uh, sometimes I'm in charge of getting them, 
And the last thing that I want to do is disappoint you. So I have to try them all. And trust me, you don't want to miss this fellowship in the park. And fellowship, we're going to look at in a, in a moment, but fellowship is more than just eating. Uh, it's much more than that. Also, um, you'll see these in the, in the foyer at both of our campuses. This is uh, advertising and inviting, inviting you to be a volunteer at Summer Blast. It's in June, but it's just four weeks away. Wow. It's almost just here. And we want you to plug in and serve. And if you would be willing to be a volunteer during Summer Blast, there's a sign-up for you. And this year's theme is, is called Amped. Amped, in a good way. Living fully alive. So, whoo, uh, those kids are going to have a fantastic time uh, at Summer Blast this year. All right, so help us with that. How many are glad they came today? Give God a praise clap. All right, all right. I want to ask you to do something. We're, we're in a series called Core Values. We have 10. We're not going to look at all 10. Uh, we're going to take a, a, a break. I, I'm going to, actually, I'm going to preach another uh, uh, last day's message. I told you, I just can't stay away from it. But we're going to look at several before that. And uh, we're, we're working our way through. Last week is, was We Are Passionate. And I talked about worship, worshiping God. Uh, something that takes place, place every day, and then we come together on Sunday bringing our, our worship. And then today we're going to look at an, our next core value. I want to ask you to do something. Take out, unless you were one of those waiver offers, uh, take out your listening guide. And if you, if you don't have one, just take out your phone. And I want, I want to ask you to write something down. All right, everybody, just do that, both campuses. Uh, help me out, participate. And if you don't have anything to write on or you don't have a phone, just do a mental answer to this question. Are you ready? All right, here we go. Write down, nobody's looking, it's your paper, nobody's cheating. I want you to write down three victories or achievements that you've had in your life. They could have been recent or a long time ago. Just write them down, jot them down, think about them. Three major victories or achievements in your life. Now, while you're writing, I'll tell you one of mine, all right? Mine would be, first of all, when I met Jesus. That would be a victory for me, for sure. But let me give you another one. It was the day that I met my wife, Marla. Uh, Oh, yeah, I know, she's, she, um, I know that was a, a, an achievement for her, but it was definitely an achievement for me. And so a major, major event in my life was the day that I married my wife. Can I get an amen? Come on, folks, let's be awake today. Help me out. Uh, so I don't know what you might have written down or thought about as a major victory or achievement, but um, this is what I know. Our victories and achievements are sweeter 
and much more sweeter when we share them with people that we care about. Are you with me so far? Whatever achievement, whatever victory has happened in your life, I'm telling you, it's sweeter when it's shared with someone that you care about and that you love. Now, the flip side of that is, is true too. The difficulties, some of you could have written down difficulties and challenges instead of victories and achievements. I get that. But the difficulties in life are much more bearable when we share them with people we love. How many agree with that? Just say amen. Somebody that can come alongside of you and put their arm around you and say, <coughs> I'm praying for you. I'm sorry. You're going to get through this. Don't give up. I'm not going nowhere. I'm not going anywhere. I'm here to help see you through this. And so God created us that way. Scripture says that we were created in the image of God. Wow. We were created in his image. God hardwired us for community. It's in us. We're, we're a tribe. We're the tribe of, of Jesus. We're the Jesus community. We're the followers of Jesus Christ. We're the tribe of Christ. He made us to want community. See, oh, okay, yeah, but pastor, you just don't know. Uh, like, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of an introvert. Well, some of you are a lot of an introvert. But God still created you in his image. And say, well, it... It really gets me out of my comfort zone to be in community. You know, there are all kinds of community. There, you, maybe at your workplace, there, you have a, a, a place of community. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's different from biblical community. It's good to have that kind of community. Some go to uh, their friend's house and uh, your neighborhood. You've got a community of people that you care about. That's all good. But there is... Nothing like what being a part of biblical community does for you. Um, it, it's, it's, it's that place where we, we uh, connect, we collaborate, we cooperate. We're the community of Christ. Now, community... I've got a lot to say about community today, but community is more than, you ready for this? It's more than just showing up on Sunday morning. Now you can share in some of that time of community, for sure. It can happen. But it needs to happen on a deeper level than what can happen on any given Sunday. We are the body of Christ, the tribe of Jesus. And so created in his image, we've got something are you listening? We've got something that the world needs. This is what I know if you're taking notes. We don't just have the antidote. We are the antidote. There was a guy, uh, his name is Sebastian Younger. Sebastian Younger. Uh, he wrote uh, the movie, perhaps you've seen Perfect Storm with uh, George Clooney. It's a pretty good movie. Um, Sebastian wrote that. He wrote a book entitled 
tribe. I don't know if you've read any of his stuff. He's not a believer. In fact, he's an atheist. But he wrote the, the book, Tribe, and in the book, this is, this is an excerpt of something that he said. He said, and, and again, he's not a believer. He said, modern society, despite its miraculous advances in medicine and science and technology, is afflicted with some of the highest rates of depression, schizophrenia, poor health, anxiety, and chronic loneliness in all of human history. Wow. Man, he got that one right, didn't he? At this point in human history, there is more schizophrenia, depression, and loneliness than ever before on this planet. And so there's a remedy for that, and we have it. We don't just have it. We are the antidote. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth, and we are to go into the world, into culture, to penetrate culture with the light of the gospel. And as the body of Christ come together, as the community of Christ, and make a difference. So, our, our first core value, we are passionate. Our second core value, we are community. Say that, community. You can get this on our website, and there's a, a reading piece at our guest services that, that contains our core value. You can go to our website and just click on About Us, and you'll see it's a whole list of our core values, and much more. We are community. We value fellowship within the body of Christ. We love each other. We act with care and compassion toward one another. We believe in doing life together. Say together. Not alone. You don't have to repeat that. Together, but not alone. So, Pastor, I, I, uh, I, may be, uh, I may just be a little weird, but I like being alone. Hey, I get that. I'm, I'm good with that. But we've got to do life together. We believe in doing life together as the body of Christ, both in large settings as well as small groups. So this is what I know about biblical community. When, when, when you enter into biblical community, it means that you're moving from isolation to integration. You've got to be around other believers. We're created in his image, so this is what he wants. It means that we move from isolation to integration. It means that we move from individual to universal. It means that we move from impersonal to interpersonal. This is what I know about biblical community. Authentic biblical community is where a Christian's character is defined and refined and built up into the image of Christ. When you come together, no other community will do what I'm talking about right here. Christian, authentic, biblical community is when, where our Christian character, that's who we are, is, is defined, it's, it's refined, and it's built up into the image of God. I like the message version of Ephesians, so I'm going to read this in, in the message. 
In Ephesians 4.16, he says, He keeps us in step with each other. His very breath and blood flow through us, nourishing us so that we will grow up healthy in God, robust in love. Now, the alternative would be somebody that just like uh, keeps others at an arm's length distance. Stand off. Rather be alone than be in community. I, I guess that philosophy could be justified. But there's one immutable law and one universal need, and that is that we belong. We belong, that we belong. Said, so, well, okay, but I still like arm's length. I've been burned, uh, Pastor. I had a bad experience with church. I I get that too. I get that. But that's not how how God created us. He created us for community. I get it. You know, that way, if if you just stay at arm's length, that way you don't have to deal with old people. That's the way you don't have to deal with young people. That way you don't have to deal with sick people, broken people, stumbling people. And, and so we tend to not plug in, oh, but pastor, I'm so busy. I'm involved in this, I'm involved in this, and really I'm getting my community at work. I mean, there's some good people that work there. Oh, I get that. Wow. You couldn't ask for anything any greater than to have believers at your workplace or at your school. But, but created in his image, we need to be an authentic biblical community. And plug in to what God has for us. So we're going to read about that today. If you have your Bibles, turn to uh, Philippians. Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. I'm going to begin in chapter 1 and read into chapter 2. Beginning with verse 27, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Philippi, and he's He's telling them what they need and how to get it. He says in verse 27, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you, this is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Since you were going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have, and, and notice the transition, what all of this that he has just said, he comes to this point in chapter 2, verse 1, and says, therefore. Now, therefore, now he tells us what to do. Notice there are four ifs. If this, then do this. If this, then this. If this, and so you're going to notice this pattern. Chapter 2, verse 1. 
Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in the spirit and of mind, of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. Now go back to verse 1. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, any tenderness and compassion. We're going, to, we're going to look at that one verse. And I'm going to give you, if you're taking notes, I'm going to give you four things. He says, if, any, if you have any encouragement, write this down. Number one, why bother? Well, we bother because he bothered for us. But why bother to have community? Because of encouragement. We need encouragement. We need each other. Listen, we, we need what we get when we come together with, in biblical community. It's uh, two things about that. There is encouragement to others. Encouragement to others. We need encouragement, but others around us need encouragement. There are people going through life in your life, in your circle, in your community that just need an encouraging word. This is what I know. Community involves restoring the fallen, the stumbling, and the weak because the church is devoted to one another. That's what we do here. We're a church that says everybody's welcome. And when you say everybody's welcome, that means uh, there are going to be people who are hurting. There are going to be people that are, have fallen. There are going to be people who are weak. There are going to be people that are stumbling in the faith. And when we come together as the body of Christ, and then in biblical community, we're able to encourage others. But not only that, it encourages me. Marla, my wife, was in the hospital a few weeks ago. Uh, they couldn't figure out what was going on. They did every test imaginable. They finally figured it out, and she's, she's healed now. But we, we were in the hospital for 10 days, and I'm, I'm staying with her, and, and uh, the Ugandan pastor was asking about her the other day. He said, brother, did you have some? I can't talk like a Ugandan, but he said, brother, you didn't know that, did you? He said, uh, did you have someone to stay with her? I said, uh, no, man, I stayed with her. And I'm, I'm thinking, I, that's the way I wanted it. And she, she, she was sick. She had fever for 26 days. And so after about the seventh or eighth night, I'm thinking, wow, man, I, whew. Surely people don't stay up here longer than this. I'm, surely I'm setting a record. And so I, I, I went out uh, to the dining place, tall thing, to get uh, Marla some food mainly me some food but I got on the elevator with a guy and I tried to talk to everybody okay I, I tried to talk to everybody so I'm talking to this guy he looked a little uh, weary 
I'm thinking, yeah, he's up here with somebody that's probably been here eight days too. I said, uh, you got folks up here? He said, yes, my, my mother. I said, really, how, how long have you been here? He said, one month. And I'm thinking, wow, how do people do it? Uh, my, our small group that we're in biblical community with rallied, rallied around Marla and us in prayer and, and uh, prayed for us. I'm thinking, a month? And I was told that, that some patients will be there for six months. I'm thinking, wow, how do people who don't have biblical community make it? Are you with me, church? It encourages others, but listen, biblical community encourages me. Go back to verse 1. I want to show you the second one. Are you receiving this today? Just say amen. All right. So I'm going to keep preaching. Um, if you'd have said no, uh, I was going to keep preaching. Look at verse 1 again. He says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love. So the second one, when you're in biblical community, not only do you receive encouragement, there is love in biblical community. Love in biblical community. Loving one another. The, the words here uh, in this verse, if you have any uh, comfort from his love, uh, it, it gives us the word uh, picture of a cheerleader. Cheering on the team, the winning team. The victorious team. Woo! We, you're winning. We're, we're good. We're going to state. But then the word comfort. Any comfort from his love is the picture of that small voice when you're not winning that comes to you and says, hey, there's always tomorrow. You'll do it next time. Hang in there. Hold your head up. It's going to be all right. And that's the picture that, that Paul is painting here, that, that this word comfort from his love shows to us. Jesus said it this way in John chapter 13. He said, a new command I give you, Love one another. Even as I have loved you, so you must love one another. John, the same John, he says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 14, we know that we have passed from, from death to life because we love one another. In other words, we know that we're not any longer lost, but now that we're saved, death to life, because we love one another. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has, murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, 
Let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and with in truth. So, why bother? Why does it matter that we're in spiritual community? Number one, encouragement. Number two, love. Let me give you the third one. The third one is fellowship with the Spirit. Fellowship with the Spirit. He says, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit. Fellowship in the Spirit. So what is that? Well, when Christ died, was buried, rose again on the third day, uh, appeared, uh, appeared for a period of time, and then ascended into heaven. Uh, you know, you've heard me say this. He left his marching orders for us, Acts 1-8, Matthew 28, 19 through 20. And then he ascended into heaven. And now here we are, and he sends his spirit. When a person gets saved, the sp- are you listening? When a person gets saved, the spirit of God indwells them. I have the spirit of God indwelling me. So when he writes in Philippians, he says, and the fellowship uh, with the Spirit. And so what the Spirit does, the Spirit helps me when I read the Bible. He shows me. He, he points it out. He gives me the instructions, the conviction, the direction. He sheds light on the Word of God. The Spirit of God uh, guides me in the way that I need to go. So, the Holy Spirit helps me to to become more like Jesus. I can't do that on my own. I've tried it. But the Spirit of God that lives in me helps me to become more like Jesus. Now, here's the point. If you are part of the Jesus tribe, if you are in the Jesus community, if you've been saved, then you've got the same spirit that I've got. Can I get an amen? And so, if you've got that same spirit that I have, and that same spirit is helping you to become more like Jesus, and he's helping me, oh, for goodness sake, and he's helping you, and he's helping you, and you to become more like Jesus, then we have fellowship in the spirit. So, when Paul writes, he says, why bother? Because in authentic biblical community, we have, we have this fellowship, this sharing in the Spirit. And then the last one. If any tenderness and compassion. Look at verse 1. Excuse me. Yes, verse 1. If any tenderness and compassion. So the fourth one is tenderness and compassion. He uses these two words uh, together. Tenderness, this is what a definition is. Tenderness is that inner feeling. Compassion is that outward response. You with me? There's a tenderness, and you see a person in need. And then compassion. I don't believe that compassion. Compassion is an active thing. Tenderness is that inner feeling. Okay, I'm tender toward the fact that 
that that person's hurting or they're discouraged. But one of the things that I hate the most in life is, is seeing somebody that's down and discouraged. God just made my heart tender. I'm not always tender. I'm not always merciful. But I hate seeing somebody down. I just, I just, man, I'm tender. But what good is tenderness without compassion that leads to action? So one thing that the community of Jesus, one thing that authentic biblical community does It has that tenderness and compassion that leads to action. And so my challenge to you as I wrap this up, my challenge to you is get in biblical community. Be a part of of the body. Uh, Don't don't rush off. I know there are times... uh, Especially maybe at, at the 1050 service that, you know, we're hungry. We're hungry. You know, we're ready to get out of here. But sometimes it's, it's like a race to the car. See, see who can get back and get the kids first, you know, from NS Kids. And, uh, let me just challenge you. One, here, hang out. Hang loose. Hang out. Don't rush. Uh, You're not going to beat the crowd because they're already there. Trust me. I know what time it is. They're already there. You're not going to beat them. Give them some slack and let some time build up. And hang out with the body of Christ. Come early. I'm not talking to anybody in specific specifically, in particular. Uh, Set your alarm just a little bit like five minutes earlier on Sunday. Get here early. Hang out. Be a part of this community. But it goes deeper than that. We need authentic biblical community uh, where, where they hold us accountable, where we study the Word together where we eat together, fellowship together. We're going to do that at Ballard Park, aren't we? Come hang out. You don't have to do anything. You don't even have to eat. But come. Be a part of that. It's not, fellowship is just not eating. We're going to eat at Ballard Park, obviously, but naturally. But get into a small group. Get into that biblical community. That place where they're cheering you on and they're consoling you when you're down. And they're helping you when you've fallen or when you're stumbling. So, well, Pastor, I'm really a private person. I got it. I get it. Try being a pastor for... Um, Oh, I meant to say a minute ago, I've been married for 36 years. I've been a pastor for that long, too. Uh, actually, I was a, a, a student pastor before I got married. So I've, I've been in the ministry 
37 or 38 years, 38. But you know what? I get it, but we need it. And the only way to do it is to take the risk and to take the plunge, take the next step and get a part of. You can go to our website or to guest services and see all of the small groups that we, that we have that are available and we're starting them along the way. Get in a prayer group. Get in a small group. And, and live in authentic biblical community. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today and, and God for the opportunity to just to come together and study your word. And God, I thank you for these core values that you led our leadership to to define who we are and what our focus is. Help them to keep us focused as we study them. Maybe today you realize for the very first time that you've never truly been born again. You may have been a religious person. You may have gone to church, been a member of a church even, been baptized, but you've never truly been born again. I want to give you an opportunity today to say yes to Jesus you become part of his tribe it's something that takes place with faith and repentance from your own life and heart I'm going to pray as an example for you but this needs to come from your own heart you can say something like this dear God today I realize I'm a sinner and that I need a savior God today I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and rose on the third day, I repent, I turn from my sins, and I turn to you, Lord Jesus. Come into my heart. I put my trust in you as Savior, and I follow you today as Lord. Maybe your prayer today is something like this as a follower of Jesus. Dear God, help me to plug into Christian community. Help me to fellowship to grow in, in the body of Christ. I'm going to ask that everyone stand. I just want to pray over you. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for loving us and for not giving up on us when we were unlovable. God, thank you for this time that we've had to come and to worship you and I pray, Heavenly Father, that we won't rush out of here, but that, God, during these moments of this final song, that we would bring you glory, that you would continue to minister to our hearts. God, thank you for letting us come together today and be a part of this service. We love you, and we thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name that I pray.